everyone. I'm Dr. Rachel Lupian. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Sparrow. Our climate is in crisis, and we all want to help, but we might not know how. We're talking to people who have figured out how to use their talents to combat climate change in the hopes that their journey might inspire your own. This is How We Got Here, because the Earth needs professional help. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Steph. How are you? You know, I'm good. How are you? I'm also good. It's Tuesday. We're in it. It's not. Yeah, it's Tuesday. I was like, is it Tuesday? <laughs> it's Tuesday, I think. I am taking the day off tomorrow. Ooh, um, why? I'm, I'm traveling up to Providence, Rhode Island to go take some engagement photos with my fiancé. Um, first of all, <laughs> I should probably go out of I'm so jealous because I love Providence. I love your fiance. We're gonna, we're love gonna leave peep. <laughs> You're gonna leave peep. Yeah. I love a photography shoot. Or we can stop talking about Providence. Anyway, I was gonna make a joke about the hot club and how that's where all of my engagement photos yes. will be taken. But shout out hot club. Oh, we miss you. Man, now we're probably not gonna have time to go get a drink in a plastic cup. But <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Well, Rachel, let's start the week like we usually do, catching up. What is something good that happened this week? Yeah, I had a pretty good week uh, since last we spoke, at least. Um, I was invited to go give a virtual talk because of COVID, but a talk with um, a university, and it went really well. It was really um, a fun group to chat with. Um, They're more on the human evolution side of things, so I sort of had to tailor my talk to that. Um, It was great. Hung out with some paleoanthropologists and... um, Really, the highlight was that someone real famous at the end of the talk asked me a question, and it was a great question, and I, it was also a very long question, yeah. which, you know, I, I actually had to take notes during the question. That's how long it was. Oh, wow. But it was, it was delightful, and, and um, I answered it, and then she said, that was a very good answer. Oh, my God. What <laughs> I a mean, treat. Who says that? It was delightful, yeah. That is... Oh, that's such a good post-talk feeling. I know. I was oh, like, ooh, left on a high note. Also, just anyone getting questions. Like, if you get questions, that means people... I mean, seriously, that means people yeah. are paying attention and had follow-ups. It, and then... Oh, exactly. That sounds like... It was a great... It was a great sort of, like, broad-scale question. Like, how I think... It, it was just great. Oh, my God. How about you? Um. Oh, boy. I ha- I've had a rough week, which we can get into in a second. I don't know. Uh, but yesterday, I... <laughs> <laughs> when my because I didn't have to teach when yeah. my son was in daycare I I bought a step aerobics thingy what are they called oh, I don't even know during step. COVID oh yeah I bought a step during is it like a like an electronic thing or no like a, no no like just a, a like step. a low key just a step with yeah, like yeah. risers okay. during yeah, co- yeah, back yeah. in the back in the early COVID days trying to get fit yeah try, I just trying to just trying to stay healthy not get fit, keep it tight stay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> just keep it a little bit less loose. That sounds uh, weirder. Uh, also. Um, but so relative. I, I love, I mean, I love step aerobics so much. I haven't done it oh. in so long. So yesterday I just took 30 minutes and I'm going to recommend. So I, I, in YouTube, I was like, beginner step aerobics. And I was like, Jenny Ford, I'm tired of you. Jenny Ford is a big deal in the step aerobics world. <laughs> Don't you dare name. say beginner. Um and then I found hip hop step aerobics, oh, and I would my say God. it is non-traditional. It is not if you are 
<laughs> embedded in the step aerobics <laughs> world like I used to be. It's a little different, but it was so good. And I got to listen to Drake. And oh I, my God. I'm trying to it's think. It's like of... a, you dance on the step? Yeah. Or... And like the music oh, was just better. It was still fun. like normal step routine, but it was taught a little differently than I would say the traditional step is taught. I mean, you know, our listeners, our listeners are trying and true traditionalists <laughs> when it comes to step. step. So, right. Yes. Exactly. Thank you for understanding my niche audience. So it's not the Jenny Ford type. It's a little different. You've come to the wrong podcast. <laughs> I mean, it was such a like silly thing to do for 30 minutes. But I, I mean, I was sweating at the end. And sometimes I just need 30 minutes to not. I love step. Like I used to love rock climbing, which I don't do as much anymore either. Yes, because you we have used to, to rock climb together. We did. We, I don't do it a lot either anymore. You just have sad. to think. I love things that make you think while working out mm. because I just want to shut my brain off. Yeah. So it was a nice little respite. Anyway, but yeah, okay. So we maybe we should flip these and talk about what was bad first. How was something? <laughs> but we let's start on a high and then just we'll go back to a low and then we'll introduce our guest, which is a high. So I actually like yeah. this. Okay, that's a good call. Yeah, and and as a reminder, it's always good to talk about the bad things that happens because we because especially with social media oh, and boy. science, Twitter, we see a lot of people's um, accomplishments. But it's good to remember that. That it's a mix throughout the throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year. Anyway, yeah. So what's my, like not a good? How what's something low? Yeah. A low, I guess. You know, I I had a pretty good week. I didn't. There wasn't really anything in particular that happened, but it's just sort of like a lot of my papers right now are sort of at a standstill. So mm. I felt like yep. um, I have this outline for a new paper, and it's just so hard for me to get back into it. Yep. Yep. Um, so although I, I will say I have a writing partner who maybe we'll have on someday. Um, she, she helps me a lot and we set some goals today and I did get, I did write a little bit. So that's a terrible, bad example because I turned no, it I around mean, in the end. <laughs> well, just, it's possible to break through. That's great. Also that you, that you have someone who's on the same page and was like, yes. we'll hold each other accountable. I think that is fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, it was generally just like. I don't know. In my position where I'm really just doing research, I haven't had um, students come in so far this week. And my schedule has been actually very open, which is great. But it also, for me, and I think for other people, it makes it really hard to schedule, to to really structure my time. Yeah. And the day kind of gets away from you and you get to the end of the day and you just feel kind of crappy. Yeah, because you don't, don't do as much as you think you could do. Right, because you're so used to being like, okay, I have two free hours. I'm going to sit yes. down. I'm going to knock this exactly. out. And if you have six free hours, and by free, I mean you're working. But like non-meeting right. Non-meeting, non-teaching. Yeah. You're like, what do, I, what do I do? What do I do with my hands? What do I do at this yeah. time? What do I do with my hands? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but not so bad. But how about you? Yeah, I actually feel very similar i've just been like this week the past week honestly the past year and a half has kicked my butt but it's (laughs) catching up to me this week yeah um right i think it's just so everyone's like enjoy fall break i'm like i guess i'm gonna work the whole time because i don't know let me rant for like 30 seconds then i'll stop covid (laughs) sucks being pre-tenure sucks having a newborn sucks Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Not sucks. Okay. <laughs> COVID is hard. <laughs> Being yeah, pretend yeah. Hard, is hard. hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a newborn is hard. I love and my sucks son. at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my son is the light of my life. Oh. Um, but also sometimes he's really hard and I think his molars are yeah. coming in and like, oh, what a no. mess. You just don't sleep. <laughs> so it's all sort of coming together. Like on Sunday after Theodore went to bed, I just took 20 minutes and just sat in silence in the bedroom. I was like, okay. 
I just always feel like oh, I'm that, wow. ca- yeah. that cartoon, the This Is Fine with the fire in the back. Oh, yeah, the little smiling dog. Yeah, yeah. I am that That's smiling you. dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. And then if you want to be existential, let's add the climate crisis on how our government is doing oh, yeah. nothing right oh, now. Yeah. Anyway, so sometimes I lot. get like into that. Right, you sort of start thinking bigger and bigger about all the problems and they're all just confounding. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. that's tough. That's a tough week. Okay, so let's get to it. I am so excited for you to meet our guest. Dr. Marisa Legu is a scientist using climate models to understand the interactions between the land surface and the atmosphere. She's done an incredible amount of work on the Community Earth System Model, or CESM, and has won numerous fellowships and awards, including most recently the James R. Holton Award from the American Geophysical Union, ever heard of it, AGU, which recognizes outstanding scientific accomplishments from researchers within three years of receiving their PhD, so early career researchers. Marisa is just the peppiest human you will ever meet, and we became fast friends at a short course we did together in Norway a few years ago, and she is the person that I would just strategically sit next to in class so that I could lean over and whisper things like, so wait, what is the jet stream? And she would draw a quick little diagram for me just like that. She is the best. So welcome to How We Got Here with Dr. Marisa Lagu. Hey, Marisa. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Thanks. Welcome to How We Got Here. Can you just like tell us what you do? What's your job title? What's on your business card? I don't <laughs> have a business yet? card. I should oh, maybe I, oh, get one. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> on your theoretical. <laughs> my imaginary business card? Yeah. My, my official title is a James S. McDonald Foundation Postdoctoral Fellow in Dynamic oh. and Multiscale Systems, which My is God. quite a mouthful. <laughs> I'm a postdoc. It's like too long huge... to fit on a line on a business card. You should get a huge business card. <laughs> like, I would love a four by six and you could just yeah. carry that around. Oh, that's better. I was picturing like a novelty check. Oh, I mean, okay, that's the best. A novelty business card. Uh, that is you, quite the title. Could I also just interject and have you put your novelty checks uh, by your poster at AGU so people can collect yes. them as you Yes. Go. It'll be oh the hot new thing like the NASA calendar. You can have It'll be the perfect NASA calendar and the... For like the, the AGUs that happen in cold places, people can use them as toboggans. <laughs> just take them outside. <laughs> oh my God, what a treat that would be. A so treat. that is... A very impressive title. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> what do you actually do? If I like bumped into you at a bar or I was the person behind you at like a drugstore at CVS, what do you, what does that mean? What do all those words mean? I study how changes in vegetation uh, modify stuff happening in the atmosphere. So specifically, if you change plants on the land surface, you're changing a bunch of physical properties about the land, like how dark it is or how hard it is to evaporate water. And that Mm -hmm. changes fluxes of water and energy that go between the land and the sky above it. And then that can modify things like cloud cover or how warm or cold it is or how much water vapor is in the atmosphere. And that can go on to modify surface climate, both locally, like just feeding back, hey, it's raining less or more or something. It can also modify the climate on very large scales by changing like atmospheric circulation or advection of like water and energy around the planet i can imagine it would also just change that vegetation again right yeah just go back and then it affects the other thing and then it goes back 
Yeah, definitely. Feedback. There's there's yeah. a giant feedback there, like change plants, change atmosphere, change climate, change plants, change atmosphere, change climate. Change oh, plants, no. oh no! Oh no! I'm stuck. Help. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Okay, so that's what you study. That's that's great. We will get more into that, and I think the three of us have a lot in common in that in that research sense. So on a day-to-day basis, you're a postdoc, you're studying vegetation effects on, on climate and other things. What do you actually do? What is day in a life work day, Marisa? I open my computer, which is already open to my email because I never turn my computer off until it starts <laughs> crashing, at which point I restart my computer because it's all frozen. So I restart my computer and then I reopen my email. <laughs> this is another feedback loop, I believe, okay? <laughs> <You're talking laughs> <to these rocks. laughs> yeah. I waste a lot of time doing this. I should probably just turn my computer off at night. Um, I look at my email, it makes me stressed, so I hide it and then I go and look at other things. Um, I run a lot of climate models. Um, so I set them up in sort of fun, weird ways to answer questions. So I, you know, do whatever changes I'm making. I submit them to the queue. They immediately crash. I try and figure out what's wrong and why they didn't yeah. work the way I thought, and then figure that out and put them back. Um, and Can then we break I, that down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let, well, let's go. You just, let's I go mean, back. Uh, you submit them to the queue. What is? Yeah. It? Yes, okay. I'm sorry. But wait. What the no, f no, is no, a no, queue? Okay. No. no, no, no. This what is, is this a queue? Is it a letter? Is, is it a it line? line? Oh no! Um, it's the Q E. Oh, spelling is hard. Q U E U E. U E. One day I'm so, gonna get a cat and I'm gonna name it Quayway. You heard it here first. Um, oh, how we got here podcast. Um, okay. I hope you can edit That's a whole other out. episode Sorry. with your cat. <laughs> no <Go>. way. <laughs> okay. I would what is back. a climate model? Yeah. What is a climate model? Sorry. Let's talking. go way back. Yo, can you just explain simply what a climate model is? Oh, man. To me, because I would really like to know. <laughs> I can try. Okay, so a climate model is a numerical representation of the various components of the Earth system. So we have okay. basically mathematical ways of explaining different processes that happen um, on the planet. So like on the land surface, you have energy going in, in terms of sunlight and heat from the atmosphere. And then you have a land surface model that's going to do something with that energy. Like you might have a plant and it's gonna grow and it's gonna keep track of carbon Mm -hmm. and it's going to send some of the energy back up to the atmosphere as heat or as water. Um, And you can represent all of that just with some equations. Um, and similarly, in the atmosphere, in the ocean, you can represent the, the motions, like the fluid motions of what's going on, like where air is mm-hmm. moving and where water is moving and what other processes are happening. Like, oh, if there's lots and lots of water and lots of energy, maybe you should have convection and a cloud. And you can represent um, those physical real world processes with mathematical equations. A lot okay. of mathematical equations. So yeah. it's like... You are taking giant supercomputers and mathing out how the world works, essentially, exactly. for every area on Earth all the time. Yeah. So these, these models are huge. They're <laughs> no, like millions deal. of lines of code. Um, yeah. They're, that, they're I think that was going to be my next question. Like, right. How do I get into coding? How do I? I mean, seriously, like. <laughs> we just never Not with start with like. <laughs> Hello world. Or just like I, there is not enough time in my life to teach you how to do this. No, no. It's funny you say that. I don't think there is a single like person in the world who actually is okay. A modern climate model. I don't think a single per, like one individual has read or understands the whole thing. 
there. So you're be. contributing pieces of code, yeah. right? Lines of code, which are full of equations. You're contributing pieces to a much larger thing, which you submit to a queue. <laughs> so to a much larger thing. U so then you have U this e. giant bundle of code. And okay. because this code is so huge and because we're going to run it at every single point on Earth for right. days and days and years and years and decades and decades. And that's just going to be way too big for my laptop to handle. So instead we run these oh, the on... The one that dies every day? Yeah. The, one that, the one that I can't even handle, like me having 15 PowerPoints and 30 <laughs> internet tabs open. Yeah, it definitely can't handle a climate model. Um, so instead we have these supercomputers um, that are you know, specifically built to run these giant complex chunks of code. Um, and these supercomputers, they don't have like a screen and a keyboard that I can just sit down at like my laptop. Instead, oh, okay. you interact with them via um, just like short little lines of code. You're basically sending it instructions. So you're sending huh. it like, hey, go please run my model. So that was another question is like, okay, so I do lab work, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a geochemist, so I'm, I need money from the government to do my lab work and I, you know, I pay for the beakers and the vials and the, the organic solvent that I use and then I, you know, pay for the time on the instruments that I use. How, where does the money go? <laughs> How do you, like, I know you need funding, right? You need funding to do this work. How does that, how does that work? Can you just help? Yeah, yeah. So, so these computers are really expensive, and uh, yeah, yeah okay. like I said, I mean, I can't have one. That's way so too much. So you're like money. renting. You're like renting time. Kind of. So okay. different, different systems are set up in different ways. Most of us, the 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 there's a few climate computers that people use, and they are each computer is sort of sponsored by a large wealthy entity, such as the oh. National Science Foundation. So the National Science Foundation oh. pays for this computer to exist and its maintenance and like software engineers to babysit it because it gets upset and people who know what they're doing need to oh. take care of it. Um, right. so, so other people that code but aren't, that is all they do, right? right. Not like people who like professionally code, not right. people like me who, who use code to understand the climate yeah, system. Or, right. okay. Yeah, or yeah, my code is terrible. Don't look at my code, but <laughs> I mean, I've do, seen but your code and yeah. <laughs> it works. It's not elegant. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so like the the you know the Department of Energy and the Department of Defense and the National Science Foundation, they'll each you know be like maintain a supercomputer, and then if you get grants funded by um, like the National Science Foundation, then that just entitles you to be uh, able to go and ask for like, hey, I, I need see. some time on this computer to do my science, and if you just want a little bit of time, you don't have to give that much of justification. If you want a lot of time, then you have to like explain exactly what you're using it for, and oh. like a group of people will be like, yeah, okay, this makes sense, or like. No, what are you doing? Like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for clearing up these questions that I've literally <laughs> always had. She has. I've known her for a while, and we just don't answer her. I just, I just, us data people just think that we know what models are, but we don't. I don't know. I mean, model is such a, like, loosey-goosey word. That's true. Yeah. Model is, like, two lines on a piece of homework or 10 million lines of code on a fancy supercomputer yeah. that... NSF pays for. So when, <laughs> so your day to day, you're like coding, you're saying, you're putting your code, you're getting in line in the queue to run your code <laughs> while you're waiting in that queue. What else are you doing? Or are yeah. you coding the whole time? No, 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 no. Very little of my, most of my time is waiting for models to run as opposed to actually oh. running them. Um, they're pretty slow. Um, 
yeah, so, so most of my time is actually spent doing like analysis of the output that these models make. So I you know, run an experiment like, oh, what happens if we turned off evaporation on land? What would that do to the atmosphere? Okay. Um, and then I get a bunch of, so I run that and that takes like a week and I get the answers back. Oh. And then I like spend some time being like, oh, what happened? Weird stuff happened, okay. <laughs> so these models, these fancy, big, complex computer Earth, uh, Earth system models, they're written uh -huh. usually in Fortran, which is like, oh. You know, old the school. Oldest code in the, the worst code. code you'll ever see. But it's fast, which is why it, it's written in that. But it's like I'm not going to do my analysis in Fortran. That's gotcha. like, no, no, no. So mostly I actually code in Python. Um, so I, I read in output from these fancy climate models and I like look at what happens. Um, and what is that output you're getting? Are they maps? Are they more lines of code? Are they? <laughs> numbers there are they equate more equations they're something? files full of numbers but okay. the numbers look like maps steph is laughing at me at me um just uh, via podcast you cannot see her face but she is laughing at me okay yeah. moving she's along. also burying her face in her hands <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i like who brought this empirical scientist here to this conversation oh it's okay i mean i look at some map numbers or number maps sometimes so it just makes i didn't yeah. i like am closer to marisa's world than yours yeah. so i forget <laughs> like these questions are like i have other strengths you do <laughs> i mean i don't know how to interpret those squiggly lines you look at so there is that very, she has a beaker and something to do with it right that looks yeah. more scientific i, would, I don't yeah. know yeah. what is a scientist marisa <laughs> how would you say your work contributes to the combating the climate crisis oh gosh um Okay, that one's hard because I think I do what I do because I think it's fun. Um, so my, I mean, my motivation same. is maybe same. slightly backwards. No, but okay. I do think it is potentially still relevant because all the people live on land and people do a lot of stuff to land. Like they manage it in various ways, like building cities on it or agriculture or forestry and managed forests or burning stuff down or altering the climate system in a way that it wants to burn itself down. Um, so, so there are lots of very large scale changes that happen to the land surface. Um, and what I do is basically study the, the way that those changes will then impact the rest of the climate system. So we are changing the land. And then what I do is figure out how those changes in the land will impact the atmosphere and modify weather and climate systems on like local where you change the land surface to very global scales. So you're like, um, if we plant all of these trees in this place, which is not a thing we're doing in a lot of places, if we tear down <laughs> all of these trees in this place, which is yeah. a thing we're doing in a lot yeah, of places, yeah. how is that modifying the landscape? And then if we continue to do that, how might that modify our atmosphere and the like locally, regionally, globally? Those are, exactly. so those are the questions you ask. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're not growing trees in a lot of places, but maybe we are. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like people I'm are not. big into the idea of planting trees because they capture carbon, but then they're also big into the idea of chopping them down or burning them down. So yeah. and they're a lot easier to chop down than grow. Yeah, they grow slowly. They go. They As go a global slowly. population, we do love cutting them down and putting other things there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's too bad. Well, no, I think you directly contribute to yeah. understanding <laughs> the effects climate of climate modeler. change and are yeah. Okay, so. Let us start your journey. Let's go back in time to little, little Marisa. What are you doing? Maybe in high school, what's your first job? <laughs> what are you interested in? Did you think, did you know that a climate model was a thing? Did you think that you would code and wait in a queue? No. <laughs> <laughs> Answer 
answer all of I remember no. the last bit of the question. That's a no. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. No, we didn't really, we didn't like learn coding in high school, so that wasn't really on my radar. Yeah. Um, Same. Yeah, I kind of wish we did. Hopefully they are now. I think they are. They probably write I way better code than us. I think they are more now. Yeah. I think they are. <laughs> not in Fortran. Maybe not. So, yeah, so what were you interested in and what did you think you might want to do when you grew up? And Did you go yeah. to college after high school, directly after high school? Yeah, yeah. So, so in high school, I was... I was very interested in like the sciences. Um, yeah. I liked school. Uh, I also really liked music. I played the clarinet for eleven years. Lots of fun. Ah, that seems um, to be a theme of our guests. Not of oh. Rachel and myself, but of our guests. Oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Uh, okay. Two out of two. Okay. <laughs> hey, you can keep tallying though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's true. Yeah, and I grew up in a pretty small town in rural BC, so there wasn't... Um, BC being British Columbia. British Columbia, yes. The time era, yes. Yes, mm. surprise. <laughs> not before Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, in, in rural British Columbia, I grew up in a small town in rural British Columbia where it was like, if you were one of the like, you know, nerdy kids and you liked school, you were going to go and become an engineer or a doctor. And those wow. were like the options like for huh. what the, the sure. quote smart kids were going to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, and look at you now. I'm kind of a doctor. <laughs> You're both. <laughs> yeah, so, You're all in the above. Not that kind of a doctor. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I was, I, I don't know, I wasn't super excited about either of those things, but I mm -hmm. figured maybe engineering would be okay because it's like math and that's kind of fun. Um, so I actually did my first year of university at the community college right in town because um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Sure. And that meant I got to take awesome. my calculus course with 10 people instead of 500. It was well, super yeah. fun. So it actually was a... It's a good year. Yeah, it was a good year. Uh, That's awesome. We covered way more than I think I would have had a first year at a big university. Like So after a year <laughs> there, I transferred to the University of British Columbia, which is in Vancouver. Um, cool. And again, I guess I was like loosely intending to go the engineering route because that seemed like I'd rather do that than become a medical doctor. But yeah. well, then I got I there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just, what's really interesting, and I think I see this a lot, too, when I lived in rural New Hampshire, is that you, when you don't have these models for other jobs, you're like, the only two, th these are my two options. I don't have any other options, so I'm either going to be doctor or engineer. And until you maybe go to UBC, which maybe we'll hear about, you're like, oh, wait, there's more. But I think, it, I think it really limits, I think we, like, the freshman, your freshman year of college, if you're going, if college is the thing you choose to do, you should try and take classes and things you've never heard of before. Yeah. Be, just totally. because there are all these jobs that don't exist that you have no idea about. Yeah, so so I went to UBC, um, and, yeah, it, it, I, I realized that all the things that I liked about the engineering program were the math classes, and I promptly finished all the math classes that were required, and that was it. I was like, oh, mm. sure. <laughs> well... That's a bummer. I did it. Done. Um, so you, were you a math major or did you? So, yeah, I ended up actually being yeah. a math major because that was, yeah, I it's didn't what really, you really like to do. That was what I really liked to do. And it yeah. didn't really, yeah, going in, I wouldn't have been like, oh, you can do a degree in math. That's a thing. Like, right. oh, so yeah, that is a thing. There's like a whole department for it. That's actually a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I did my undergraduate degree in mathematics, which was super fun. Um, so a mix of, you know, like applied math that we use in climate science and very like theoretical pure math, like number theory and abstract algebra, which are ridiculously fun. It's like solving puzzles. Um, 
Uh, Marisa, you can tell you're in the right job because you just said those words in the sentence together, which very yeah. few people would do. <laughs> yeah. So then when you, so you graduated with a math major, what yeah. did you do? Did you, what is, what did you I went pretty much straight into grad school. So while oh, okay. I was an undergrad doing math, I took a lot of classes from the Earth and Ocean Science Department at UBC mm. for fun um, because... It was fun. It was like, oh, intro to climate or like natural disasters yeah. and all that stuff. And it was just like a nice I mean, break from, yeah. you know, <laughs> abstract algebra and number theory. It was sure. like, let's talk about rocks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so those were super fun. And I really liked both of these aspects. So I ended up going to graduate school at um, the University of Washington in their atmospheric science program because studying climate and like plants and climate let me mix sort of the yeah. like oh we're going to use math to study the earth and I like the earth mm. I like going outside and like walking through the forest and going hiking I'm like this is cool but now we're going to yeah. like physically explain why everything we're seeing is happening uh, um yeah, yeah it sounds so like that's... the perfect marriage of your interests right you yeah. Like yeah learned in undergrad I love math but also I like being outside I mean you might have known that through your childhood <laughs> but, like, definitely knew outside. I liked being outside but <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But I think that's great so you went grad school. What was what did you what was your main research topic in graduate school? I so, assume climate modeling and land and some something. kind of yeah. So I started out. I mean yes, not kind of. I don't know why <laughs> I said that. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah. So I started off. Um, it's sort of a combined master's PhD program, and in my master's, I was looking at how increasing the area of forest cover in the mid latitudes um, modified global scale atmospheric circulation. Hmm. So it. Like you're, you're making the land surface darker and you're changing how much water goes into the atmosphere and that changes how much energy is going into the atmosphere in the place where you put the trees. Um, and if you do this on large enough scales, that starts to mess with like how much energy is in the northern hemisphere versus the southern hemisphere. And the atmosphere likes to move energy around like so that it can get rid of it more easily as opposed to leaving mm -hmm. it all piled up in one place. So if you pile a bunch of energy into one hemisphere, then you get these shifts, this is, these responses of the atmospheric circulation that sort of move that around. Oh, well, um, I love that. Thank you. That's about such our... a good. Go over yeah, here. that's such a good explanation of like atmospheric circulation. I mean, of like energy balance stuff. That's that's just like it doesn't like it. It wants the path of least resistance. It wants these things to be spread out so it can get rid of it. Yeah. Like it. Well, yeah. And chatting like... about reforestation earlier, it's not really great to totally reforest all the mid latitudes, <laughs> oh. right? Because. Well, or no. Okay. Yeah, it mind. depends what you're going for. Are you like trying to make what are you going the for, world Steph? colder? Are you trying to preserve ecosystems? Are you trying to like grow I'm a bunch of trees? Like, always trying to make the world colder right now. Yeah. <laughs> so in that case, putting we a bunch like of that, trees yeah. into the high latitudes is probably not the best way to do that. Because we like trees the snow. Are a lot darker than things like snow, and they're a lot yeah. taller yeah. than snow, so it's yeah. probably going to actually locally warm up a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it can so have you know. In the tropics. Other benefits, trees in the tropics definitely, uh, yeah, tend to have a cooling effect because they just pump so much water into the atmosphere. Love some tropical trees. Yeah. I, I like tropical trees too. I get it. <laughs> we all we all study them. And then is is this postdoc? What right after graduate school did you go into this postdoc? Um, kind of. So, so I guess I guess I'm still like way back in master's land. <laughs> Mentally. Oh, go back oh. to master's oh. Okay. I'm so sorry, jump. Back. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> so, so one of the things that hap so happened when I did these climate model simulations, putting a bunch of trees into the mid-latitudes, was that we got these interesting cloud responses in the mid-latitudes. Mm. So like, oh, put a bunch of trees in, clouds change. But it was 
annoying to me that I didn't know why the clouds were changing because you were changing a bunch of things about the land at the same time, like how dark it is and how aerodynamically rough it is, which influences like yeah. turbulent mixing, which matters for clouds and how much water was clouds? going into the atmosphere. It depends. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you have more water going into the atmosphere, then and you can turbulent. let the air saturate more quickly so you might get a cloud. Gotcha. Or if you just have more turbulence, you can lift parcels of air up to the point where they ah. condense. So it's, it's super not obvious why you get yeah, cloud right. We're still yeah. confused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there um, are still questions. Yeah. yeah. In response to changes in plants. Um, and that, that annoyed me because it was a climate model. So I figured I ought to be able to say exactly why something happened. Um, so I Going wanted to go to in. math major, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's... <laughs> you like the answer. I want the answer. Double check the answer, yeah. Yeah, so what I wanted to do was say like, okay, how much of this cloud change was due to the change in albedo? How much was due to the change in evaporation? How much was due to the change in like how aerodynamically rough it was? And it's really hard to answer questions like that with modern land surface models because they're so complicated. So ah. on the one hand, they're like, amazingly fascinating complex um, models that represent like nitrogen cycles and carbon cycles and how happy plants are and plants growing and having lots of leaves and dying and decaying and doing all this complicated crazy stuff but that also means it's really hard to go in there and say like be darker but everything else stay the same uh, um, everything's related because yeah, everything yeah. is connected so you can't isolate those individual um properties i would imagine that it would also take a lot longer to run also if you just want to change one little thing it's like not really worth it to use such a complex model right yeah or not right yeah is that right okay. yeah yeah i mean the, right. the model yeah the model is expensive um yeah. it's the atmospheric models are actually a little more expensive than the land models so it's oh. kind of like it's going to be expensive either way but um yeah so the the math major in me was very upset by this yeah. and uh, so what I spent most of my PhD doing was actually writing an idealized land surface model that you could couple into these complicated earth system models but instead of having the fancy land you just had this really stupid land instead where <laughs> really, the land a block of land <laughs> yes exactly here's a block of land this is its albedo this is its roughness this is how hard it is to evaporate this is a little bucket that holds water and here's a silly little snow model that can gotcha. like change the albedo but none of these are related to each other which means you can have something that looks like a tree except has the albedo of a grass or oh right but that lets you fun. like test how the atmosphere is yeah. going to respond to these individual properties right so marisa what aspect of it okay. in undergrad did you take formal coding classes or did you take one okay uh i think i'm i have a lot of students <laughs> well i'm just i have a lot of students who are i i think both rachel and i are self-taught coders yeah i mean marisa's seen my code i mean <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, I well, code I, much less, but I've never taken the class. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I code a bit, and I've also, I am on Stack Overflow all the time. <laughs> like, trying oh, yeah. to teach myself how to code. Right? Hot <laughs> tip. Stack Overflow. Oh, my gosh. But I was just wondering, because it sounds like your PhD became very coding heavy, if you're writing, creating your own land model, right? That's code. If oh, you yeah. sort of taught yourself, as, it was a lot more teaching yourself as you went versus this formal, like, I'm going to sit down and take you weren't a comp sci major, you were a math major, right? Right. Yeah, I took one formal coding class in undergrad and it was using like a, a dummy teaching language. So not even any of the languages oh. I actually code oh. in. Um, so yeah, so so in, in a lot of sense, I'm a self-taught coder, um, especially writing that land model. I'd never coded in Fortran before. So I just sort of looked mm -hmm. at the Fortran from the rest of the model and figured, tried to figure yeah. out what was going on. And, you know, eventually it worked. Um, it's definitely not written <laughs> as neatly or 
tidally yeah. or numerically stably as it could be. I'm actually getting some help right now from some actual software engineers to um, fix it up a mm. little and yeah. So you like collaborate with software engineers sometimes? Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. they're, they're finding all sorts of problems with it, <laughs> which I greatly appreciate their help. So. I mean, that's great. My sister is a formal software engineer, and sometimes I send her my code oh, when I can't get something to that's work. That's handy. Oh, Ooh. well, she's like, why did you do any of this this way? This takes so long. I was like, I don't care. It works. Help me with the one line I need to do. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm there. But I also, thankfully, do not have to share my code. with the, I, When I share it, I'm always like, please ignore the comments. Please, I'm like, you'll see all of this. <laughs> You're like, like yelling at yourself exactly. in the comments. Exactly. Like, why yeah. isn't this working? <laughs> um, but no, I think that's important that you, I mean, it's really interesting, right? You went and. Granted, you're like math and you love computational stuff, but you weren't like, I'm going to be coding my own climate model like that. You had no idea that was the future for yourself, I feel like. No, in hindsight, if I did, I probably would have taken a few more, you know, <laughs> coding classes. <laughs> How do I do this properly? <laughs> but I do think everyone, <laughs> I mean, right, us not our, us self-taught coders, which are a special group of people, yes. are generally the messiest coders of all time. Like, yeah. I'm embarrassed to put myself on GitHub. <laughs> okay, so Mar Marisa, I mean, I, I'm i really, what I'm hearing is that you love math. <laughs> but, but okay, so like. And plants. What? And the sky. And plants. That's yes, important. plants. That's important. Yes. Yeah. So what, what other skills do you use for your job? Like, not necessarily on a day-to-day -day basis, but if you were to see a young Marisa and you were like, oh, you're so good at this thing i think you should be a climate modeler what what kind of skills do you use what are you really good at besides math and coding or is it just math and coding no 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 no, no no that makes me sound like a robot i think it's like no. <laughs> um i don't know it's a like a computer like a I, I i i want to understand how this works and like somewhat yeah. obsessively um, and that motivates me to like run these weird experiments. Yeah, you like sound that. like you're like you're ve you you are a very skilled problem solver. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the vibe I'm getting. Having yeah, problem solving is definitely I yeah. think an asset. Problem solving and like stubborn problem solving. Yeah, persistent. Like, Reframe. Yeah, you are persistent. <laughs> Persisting. Um, yes. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I think that's big though. Are there skills yeah. that you don't use for your job? Like, if someone is starting to think, like, oh, I, Marisa resonates with me. Her story resonates with me, but I'm not good at these things. What things might not matter? Or are there things like, that you recognize, like, <laughs> I'm not good at this, but who cares? Am, am I? Oh, am I yeah. articulating that okay? Right I mean, in some sense, I'm not good at coding, but who cares? I'm good enough. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I hate writing. I'm so bad at it. I, I, I don't. Agree. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> like I love puzzling through what's going on and making the figures and figuring out the story and throwing them into a PowerPoint and adding some like bullet points on like what's cool yes. about it. But then like hand me those figures and those bullet points and make me make them into paragraphs, into like a formal yeah academic a formal manuscript. academic manuscript yeah. with citations and like proper uh. pompous sounding sentences. <laughs> <laughs> However. Yeah. Right. I mean, Rachel's talked about this when yeah. Rachel shut up. I'm I saying. agree. She didn't. She wasn't saying I agree. You're bad at writing. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! <laughs> that didn't occur to me. Now it did. Oh jeez. No, I was going to say. But I was saying Rachel. I think. Yeah, I'm very similar. About, yeah, she also hates 
Not hate. She, and I like, yeah, I was a math kid yeah. growing up. Like I loved math and science. And then I didn't realize being a scientist involves some so much writing. writing. And yeah. it's not even that necessarily the end result of the writing is bad. It's just like such a yes, trial the process. to the get process. there. <laughs> right. And I think what's really interesting across that we're getting across all of our guests is that being able to communicate is so yeah. important. And like the way and understanding the ways in which you're a successful communicator and ways in which you're a less successful communicator and knowing that about yourself is also a really important thing to know and lean into or not lean into, I guess. Especially when we're talking about the climate crisis, we need to get the word out in any in any sense in our like the results of our climate models in the results of our paleo climate studies. We just need to like communicate that. Yeah, and yeah. I don't necessarily uh, know that scientific papers are the best way to do that because I also kind of hate reading true. scientific papers. Oh, I want, like, a 10-minute YouTube <laughs> video of the pictures and some bullet yes. points for every paper. I like, love an animation. I will say, yeah. some journals are requesting that. Really? Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, I had to make a video oh. abstract once, and I was never so upset about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, I want to do that, like, instead of the paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, then I would be fine. It was like, you want me to do Peer-reviewed YouTube. What? Yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm paying you $1,000 to submit my paper and do what? It was that. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think you guys are so, and I think that's important because so much of the stuff that, the like, the three of us work on stays in it, within yeah. our community. And I think yeah. you're right, like. Honestly, the YouTube animation of like a tree getting sad because it doesn't have a messing this up the water it needs, and then that because it was planted at the high latitudes. It, yeah, I mean that would be more effective, right? Like communicate, yeah. being able to communicate this stuff to children. I don't know. Yeah. Well, or me, or you, or me, or my mom. Yeah. Um, so if there were no climate crisis, like. I guess also if if you hadn't been interested in those classes maybe in college like you have these skills what what would you be doing that is a great question and i don't know so if there were no climate crisis but i still had taken those classes in college i think i would be doing the exact same thing because i think it's fun yeah. that's what i said <laughs> yeah, in my little, exact yeah same it was thing. like well i really like it yeah i mean because we're still we're studying the earth system i mean it's still like an interesting yeah. topic yeah the earth is um, cool how does land modify stuff we don't really yeah. know let's go find out cool it is funny the amount of things that we do as a general like global population that we don't understand the repercussions of and don't think of till much later <laughs> we're like, oh do we do that oh well <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that dust bowl, was that us? <laughs> Should we think about wind and soil? No. Um, yes. Well, yeah, all the time. All the time wind and soil. All the time. I mean, it's really, Rachel also, I had a, I had a very different answer, but uh, Rachel, mm. I, I think everyone but me said I would be doing a different version of what I'm doing now, just applying my passion to just not slightly different questions yeah. Yeah, yeah right asking slightly different questions i think it's really interesting yeah well thanks for being with us marisa it was really nice talking to you thank you do you have anything you want to plug like Ooh. a like a twitter handle or a pet Ooh. social media presence that rachel asked for all the time <laughs> please tell me about your cat Ooh, yeah go my cat doesn't have an Instagram or a Twitter. That's, well, I, I should that's, I should fix no, that. Mm -mm, you don't have to. I don't think cats need <laughs> Twitters. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I the right platform for I cats. I would but follow. It could be. I would follow, yeah. 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 
There's there's two cats now. After I moved to Canmore, I got a second cat. So there's Double Alistair. COVID cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alistair is not within reach. Oh well. Alistair is uh. giant and black and fluffy and has quite the. Uh, <laughs> I feel like. So so when we were at ACDC, <laughs> where I met Rachel. That's the- the short course that we did yeah. in Norway together. Yeah. yeah, I think I may have been complaining about my cat because my cat was still at that point relatively new to me and he was a stray and he came from a shelter and he uh, he had an interesting... Um, uh, the way I adopted him was <laughs> potentially questionable. So I went to the shelter and... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't you, steal him. Taking him, right? Yeah, okay. I did not steal the Thanks cat. Thanks for no. coming, Marisa. She stole a cat. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't know where to find me. <laughs> no, but he was super, super like calm, and he just crawled into my lap, and he kind of lay in my lap and purred at the shelter, and he was like, "Oh, this sweet poor cat. He's like disgusting and matted and greasy, and like just curled up in my lap and purring." You got another so problem sweet. to solve, Marisa. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Wait, right, but then, but then so so I adopted him. This is oh. not the end of the story. So, <laughs> so I filled out oh. all the paperwork and I adopted the cat. And I like, I'm walking out the door with the cat in this carrier, and they're like, oh, by the way, he just got neutered yesterday, so his drugs <laughs> might wear off. Um, he might be a little groggy. So it turns out when he was curled up purring in my lap, he was like partially sedated, and the he drugs wore off, and he is insane. Oh, <laughs> this cat no. is like. Crazy, and he was a street cat who like didn't know how to live in a house. (laughs) Um, He was like jumping out and attacking me and like biting me. It was just like he's crazy. Do you Um, think the shelter knew you were coming and they were like, "Let's neuter him today, so he'll be sedated, so this poor person will." I mean, how else would that? Yeah. Yeah. So after like six months to a year, we kind of we finally like. He's a little calm. Came to terms with each other. He calmed down. He like grew a new coat. He's decided house cat life is actually. Right it's up his alley. Life. It's a sweet yeah, life. Fed dinner every night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he's calmed a, down a lot. But you also have a COVID cat. I also have oh, a COVID yeah. cat. Yes, Tufa. Cat too. Oh, oh, like Tufas? Like carbon? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love a geocat. Geocat name. Mm. Yeah, she kind of looks like a Tufa, <laughs> especially the ones it's at like, Mono Lake. She's kind of like that color ah. and a little like <laughs> fluffy. Um, Sorry, a, a little like what? Oh, oh, okay. okay. We will um, put a link to um, a Tufa specifically from Mono Lake. We'll hyperlink to that. Yes, the- yes. that but a cat. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll put we'll, a little we'll cat ears on it. a picture perfect. of your cat. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah. Maybe I'm the only one who sees this. Other people just give me funny looks when I try and explain this, but that's fine. Um, yeah, whatever. We, we'll, also, maybe we'll add a little <laughs> poll. A Mono Lake Tufa is a very niche thing to tell people this is what my cat looks like. <laughs> I mean, I know exactly what it looks like. Can you kind of picture it? (laughs) I didn't tell you about my first job, though. I don't know if you want to hear it. Oh, what was your first job? Wait, did we just totally skip over that? Uh It is totally unrelated. No, and it's really weird. (laughs) So I was a um, educator at a 1890s interpretive Victorian heritage town. Oh my god! In full costume. Also Canadian 1890s. Canadian which, 1890s. I don't know what that which are like. the same I think as that's the like rest American of the world's 1910s. 1890s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, oh, oh, what? <laughs> Temporarily, yes. But is it? I mean, sure. 1890. <laughs> I'm not even gonna pretend to know what America looks like in the. If I'm, I'm picturing like a no Massachusetts idea. version of 1890s, I think 
cows. Would be I don't know. Different than a uh, BC version of 1890. Yeah, yeah. Hugely <laughs> dependent on where you were. I mean, the premise was like, oh, this is all about like, you know, pre-electricity. Students would come, like elementary school kids would come, and they would like, yeah, learn how to cook on a it's wood like stove or like. You yeah, know, go to the blacksmith butter. shop and make, yeah, we'd make butter. They would make nails. We had a steam train, like an actually functional steam nails. train. They would lay railway track. Railway ties are really heavy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Marisa, also, you're not my only friend who has had this job. I am not I the am... only person at our 20-person lab here who has had this job. This is like no, a weirdly common same, job. Not at that same. No, not, not at the same, same no, town. I, my, one of my close <laughs> friends was a... A Bentley's too. She, <laughs> she worked at Sturbridge Village oh, in Massachusetts. I haven't yeah, even I, heard oh, of that she, one. So she here's turned the thing. Steph has. I, I was Wrong thinking coast, Sturbridge yeah. Village is earlier. So that's I have I, no idea. It, it, Probably. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I was, that's why I said Canadian 1890s. Oh, like the 1890s is like a weird late no, time. this is just me trying to reference everything I have is in Massachusetts time. Right. Like, historically. Yeah. But I do know Sturbridge Village. Like, and then I was like, colonial 1680s. Yeah, yeah, colonial Williamsburg. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but 1890s is, like, not that long. Ago. It really isn't. We're also 100% right <laughs> that the 1890s in Canada was... <laughs> Depends where. 1890s everywhere. Depends 1890s, where. 1890s, like... No, in rural so British dumb. Columbia. <laughs> so dumb. Oh man, I love that, Marisa. That was. Is this, they turn butter still. Uh, they still turn butter. I think yeah. it is amazing that you did. What did you do? Did you turn the butter? What was I made the kids turn the butter. House? What was so? Were, can you tell me what you were dressed like? I now I want this whole picture. Uh, 1890s Victorian like outfit. What do they wear? What do is they that wear? A hoop skirt is that no a, hoop is skirt. That a this is post hoop skirt. Post bustle. Um, Post bustle. Yeah, so you went from like hoop skirts that to bustles to like okay. just like floor length um, skirts, slightly poofy sleeves. Um, mm. Did you have like the poof. fun like Peter hats? Pan collar? Ooh. No Peter Pan collar. I Feathers know. in hats? Feathers in hats optional. Oh. oh. You know what? Rachel is a lot better at this historical fashion than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. That. It was just a weird job. scientist in the making. I love that you, right, you were in this other time and then you would grow up and study climate change and it's amazing. Yeah, and you're um, like sitting in queues for submitting your codes. Mostly I Rachel. feel like it just made me really good at making like cookies because I'd oh, spend all summer cool. making cookies for tourists. That's a great skill and I've never heard someone explain climate modeling better than Rachel just did. <laughs> sitting in queues submitting codes. <laughs> And codes is plural. Okay. Sure. Done.